From up in the nosebleeds to down to the 50-yard line, wherever you watch the game, this is the place to sound off. Sports Talk with Jock on 770 CHQR. Well, Mr. Suter, semifinal Sunday is in the books. The Riders and the Eskimos both win on the road. Did any one of those games surprise you at all? Boy, I tell you what, you set the table like I'm sitting at Japanese Village getting the extra lobster with the seafood special. I uh, mean, you know how to live, my friend. I'm telling you, that that was a great setup. Um, to go back to the the semis, uh, I, I guess just the fact that the the margin of of victory for both teams was a little bit more than I thought. But with with Ottawa losing Greg Ellingson early in that game. Uh, I think that hurt them, and you know when you have no Brad Sinopoli, no Greg Ellingson, it just takes two of the major weapons out of their offense. So I guess we shouldn't be surprised that Saskatchewan kind of just kept sort of separating themselves. But you know what disappointed me in that game is Ottawa's defense. They just didn't put any pressure on Kevin Glenn, and of course Marcus Thigpen. He's a he's a game changer, and he basically just rolled through that defense. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I thought because early in the game they weren't getting pressure with four, that they would start. That Mark Nelson would have to start sending blitz. He didn't mm. do that. So you know, I guess th- that was. Um, you know, I guess we shouldn't be real shocked there. I think Saskatchewan's got a much bigger challenge this weekend than they did sure. against Ottawa with the uh, with the Toronto defense. And in the West Final, uh, you know, now we find out that uh, Matt Nichols had a broken finger. Uh, his calf wasn't good at all. He couldn't negotiate the pocket even, uh, even to shuffle left to right. Uh, having said that, it wasn't his fault they lost. Nope. Uh, played well enough to, to get them to a win probably, but their defense, like they've done all year, too many yards, couldn't get the key stops when they needed them. The most important stop of that game would have been after the fake punt attempt on third down that backfired on Michael O'Shea, and they needed a stop right there to hold Edmonton to a field goal. They didn't get it. Edmonton scored a touchdown and 24 unanswered points in the next four series. I still don't understand the call. You know, in a one-point game, when you're in your own end of the field, uh, yeah, you may you may come off looking like a genius, but boy, that one did backfire in Mike O'Shea's face. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't like the timing of it because it was coming right out of the half it was the first series for winnipeg in the second half mm-hmm. and you know at halftime is when coaches remind all of their units watch the fakes on on the in the kicking game let's make sure we we concentrate on ball security let's uh look at the adjustments we're going to make so all those reminders had just happened with edmonton and they come out and they stop that third down gamble so i wasn't uh, you know big on the timing i have given o'Shea a little leeway because he has been an innovator when it comes to coming up with new special teams trick plays and new ways to bend the rules that get him to not bend the rules, new ways to find within the rules, ways to reinvent returns, fakes, things like that. And he's been successful. I don't know the percentage, but, Jock, I would say over 70% of the time when he's tried these new plays, 
This one didn't work, but his team didn't bail, bail him out either. His defense or his offense trying to keep pace with Mike Riley. Yeah, and and hey, let's be honest here. Edmonton, they're where you want to be. They're they're on a roll. They're on a six-game winning streak. They've got the MOP in Mike Riley. They've got the weapons, whether it's Darius Bowman, whether it's Darrell Walker, whether it's Brandon Zilstra. Yeah. That is, you know, that's why this West Final is going to be such an intriguing game because I think the Calgary Stampeders. I'm biased here. I think the got the best secondary in the Canadian Football League. I think they got the best defense, but that clearly is the best offense in the Canadian Football League. Well, it's yeah, it's got so many weapons, and, and C.J. Gable maybe mm-hmm. is, is that big piece of the puzzle that they were missing before going through their, their rotation at running back. But um, here, here's the sort of the big picture thought for me with this. This is going to test the series. You know when you're sitting with your with your uh, your buddy in in the bar or wherever, and and you're saying, would you rest the guys, or are you worried about rust or rest? Are you would you go for one when you're down by one and you score? Would you go for one or would you go for two at the end of the game and just all or nothing? You know those discussions we've had. This is this is one where can a team, can an athlete and a team, kind of cruise for three or four weeks? have a couple weeks off before a game, and then flip the switch. You know, we've said it many times. Can you, can you not be playing your best and flip the switch? Because three weeks ago to a month ago, Jock, I would have said that the Calgary – and I, I did say, and I still believe, that the Calgary Stampeders defense from top to bottom – collectively, was the most dominant defense I've seen since I've covered the game as an analyst in over 20 years. And I, now they haven't played that way in the last month, but, you know, Alex Singleton's played a quarter here, a quarter there. Uh, Ja'Garrett Davis didn't play a couple. Siante Evans didn't play a couple. I mean, you know, he they've been resting. They played a little softer when they had first place locked up. Um, I, I'm wondering... Will they be able to flip the switch? And I think a lot of people are wondering, which is why they're not heavy favorites over the last month that you've observed. But I think that defense, if anything, can come back and flip the switch and start flying around and be that dominant group that they were. And that creates the great matchup with all those weapons in the Edmonton offense and Mike Riley against what I thought four weeks ago was the most dominant defense I've seen in 22 years. Right. Right. No, I, and I think that is going to really be the, the telling sign in this football game. I, I'm more concerned about the offensive line. I'm more concerned about Jerome Messam here in Calgary than I am about the defense because whether or not Cordero Law is going to play, whether Jaguarin Davis is going to return, you know what? They, they, they've been able to fill the gaps, you know, whether it's the inside with the junior turner injury. I'm not worried about the off- the defense, I should say. Offensively, though, uh, you know, h- how good is B- Bo Levi going to be? Because we're talking about the last two MOPs are going to be going head-to-head in this game. Mike Riley's going to win it this year. Bo Levi won it last year. It's been an off year for Bo Levi Mitchell. He's going to have his number one receiver back in Markway McDaniel. That's going to help. But guys like Kamar Jordan and DeVaris Daniels, they're going to have to step up their game. Yeah, here's here's what's what's um, interesting, too. And you when you when If you were to rank the four quarterbacks now, Bo might be third based on his year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, would, I would agree with that. Yeah, and and the fact that he's, and he's been fighting that injury all mm-hmm. season. Exactly. So, so now you're going Mike Riley, Ricky Ray. You can make an argument for one or two there either mm-hmm. way. Uh, but let's say Mike Riley, Ricky Ray, Bo Levi Mitchell, Kevin Glenn. Um, if you were to rank the tailbacks right now, you might put James Wilder Jr. first. 
You might even put C.J. Gable second after Marcus Thigpen's game mm-hmm. in Ottawa. Now, that's a different defense, but, you, you know, Messam, here's the leading rusher that, again, over the last three weeks, I, it's, it's, it's such a cool dynamic because either we've been lulled into this thought that Calgary is sort of mere mortals <laughs> and they're going to just explode in the West Final, or this is going to be a dogfight down to the wire because they are mere mortals and we've got a game. You know, we've got a, a back-and-forth football game. Well, I think you're bang on. And, Glenn, i got to take a break. Uh, he yep. is our CFL insider, Glenn Suter, joining us for our good friends at Japanese Village. When we come back, well, i got some questions on the text line already coming in. If you want to talk to Glenn, here's your chance. Maybe you got a question on the West Final. Maybe you got a question on the East Final, which will feature the Saskatchewan North Riders and the Toronto Argonauts. Phone lines are open. Easy to call, easy to text, 403-974-8255, toll-free, out-of-town, 1-800-563-7770. You can follow me on Twitter at Sports on 770 and my email address, jock at Newstalk770.com. And the texts are rolling in on the text line tonight. Kelly says, I want to see the Stamps and the Riders for the Cup. Hey, that would be kind of fun to see, you know, two Western Division teams go head-to-head in Ottawa. Don't know. I, I think I saw the percentages of that happening this weekend on the CFL website, and it's like 7%. But I think the percentages favor Edmonton and Toronto to play in the Grey Cup Championship, which doesn't play well here. But, uh, Glenn Suter, here's a question I have from John. And John says, why is there, and, and of course, we've got so many Rider fans here in Calgary as well, why is there so much hate? On the on, on on the riders organization because it's not like they win a lot of championships as heck they they don't win very much but there seems to be wherever you go you know and here in Calgary you either love them or you hate them yeah yeah you know what I think it is and then this is a discussion in Toronto right now because talking about pretty good uh, ticket sales for the final and everyone in Saskatchewan saying well you're welcome because it was because Saskatchewan's <laughs> in it. Um, it's I, I I equate it to the Yankees. You know, you either you either are a huge Yankee fan in baseball or you hate them. And you know, they're that polarizing team. They're that 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 Dallas Cowboys in the National Football League and, and maybe in some cases now the new the New England Patriots that you know, people have admired that they've been great. Now, now that's not a comparison to the Riders. They haven't been great like New England every year, but um but just that that team that it's kind of got the great passionate fan base, which also bugs a lot of people in the country. (laughs) You know, so they, it's, it's either one or the other. And I think Saskatchewan is kind of our football team in Canada in that regard. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree with you on that one at all. Uh, Let's go to Sam. Sam, you're on the air with our CFL insider, Glenn Suter. Yeah, I just have a question for Glenn. I'd like him to make a prediction with a number. Uh, how many yards will Jerome Messam rush for on Sunday, and how many does he need to rush for in order for the Stamps to win? Mm, that's Great a, question. Yes, it Great is. Great question. And I would think in every one of these, in both of these games with every one of these teams, the running back is going to be so important. He was in the semifinals. He is going to be in the finals. So to answer your question, I would say if he gets close to a hundred. They win. doesn't have to be over. But if he gets close to 100 in the 80s, the Calgary Stampeders' chances to win skyrocket. If he's below 40, it sinks a little bit. And I think you could say that about all four teams in this in this game. C.J. Gable has to have a big game. If James Wilder doesn't get Ricky Ray in the second and medium, 
it's going to be it could be a long day for Ricky Ray and the same can be said for Kevin Glenn. Kevin Glenn in second and long over and over with lots of pressure will make mistakes. So I I I think that across the board these running backs are going to be so key in these finals. I I think you're bang on because if Jerome Messam doesn't rush for close to 100 yards, I agree with you. I don't think the Calgary Stampeders are going to win. And, you know, part of that has to do with the offensive line. But we, you know, we we have seen Jerome Messam down the stretch and and, and he has he has struggled a little bit. Most of those yards came early in the season. And uh, I've said the same thing about Thigpen. If if Thigpen can can get 100 yards, guess what? The Riders are probably going to win. But we'll see what James Wilder does. So I, I think you summed it up great, Glenn. Yeah, and, and, you know, it, it may be collectively, you know, I mean, it may be even if Roy Finch, for instance, gets a couple of tailback carries and, you know, he can he can get 8, 9, 15, break one maybe. Um, it just, it that balance and that field position change, the time of possession when you get your running game going, so important this time of year. Plus, every time, I had a coach one time tell me that when you throw the football, three things can happen and two of them are bad. One is an incompletion, one is an interception, one is a completion. Two of those are bad for the offense. <laughs> so, so well, if you can run the ball successfully, your chances to win go up. The other thing win. that John Huffnagel keeps reminding me is that you got to win two of the three phases of the game. So, yeah. you know, the Stampeders get a, you know, a special teams touchdown from Roy Finch. Maybe they can get a pick six, and the offense can start struggle, and maybe Drew Messam only gets 40 yards, but, you know, you win two of the three facets, uh, facets and you, you may still be able to win. Hey, let's go back to the phone lines. Let's go to Blaine. Blaine, you're on the air with Glenn Suter. Afternoon, Jacques. Glenn. Hey. All right, question for you guys. Uh, what do you think of maybe uh, starting a regular season around May long weekend and sometime into Thanksgiving we're into the Grey Cup? Uh, <laughs> I was at the Edmonton home game a couple of weeks ago, courtesy of Sports Talk. Thank you, Jock. Yes. Uh, weather was brutal. Yeah. Well, you, you know what, you know what, Blaine. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on hold because we got a couple more calls to get to. But you know, this this is not a new suggestion that Blaine is is making. Glenn, uh, do you no. think they'll get some traction in the in the off season? I think they're going to talk about it. I, I talked to Randy Ambrosi, in fact, after the Winnipeg game, and a few of these kind of things came up, like the two players that are getting paid full contract but not dressing in games. Those two deletions that just before kickoff, um, that that's going to be addressed. Why wouldn't they play? Why wouldn't you dress those guys if you're paying them anyway? Right. Um, moving the season up early. He said there's a lot of football ops type of decisions that have to be cleaned up and discussed in the off season. And believe me, this one's going to be right on his top of his agenda. Blaine, thank you so much for the question. Let's go to Jamie. Jamie, you're on the air with Glenn Suter. Good evening. Hey. I got two reasons why the Eskimos are going to win. Only two. Calgary, and they're going to go on to win the Great Cup. Okay. Right now, we're the hottest team in the CFL. That's correct. And it's the year of the Rooster. <laughs> and the last oh. three of the year of the Roosters, Eskimos won the Great Cup. Wow. Was it the year of the Rooster in 2015? Okay. 2017. But uh, 2005 was the year of the Rooster. Yeah, but the Eskimos won the Cup in 2015, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Was that the year of the Rooster, too? It wasn't the year that we Ah, okay, so there you go. <laughs> there you go, Jamie. Got you on that one. But, uh, hey, he, he, I love it. Jock just found a loophole in the, in the theory. Um, <laughs> hey, the, the one thing I'll say, though, going back to that 2015, you know, Great Cup Championship, Chris yeah. Jones was the head coach, and they did – you know, they, they, they had no success against Calgary. Finally, late in the season, I believe it was October, they won that close game against Calgary, gave them some confidence. You know, they were able to, you know, beat the Stampeders in the Western Final. I, you know, and that's the only similarity, I will say, that could remind me of 2015. 
Yeah, except for that that game that Edmonton beat Calgary this year was after they locked up first place in the division. That is true. That is true. And I think they know that, too. Uh, Again, this is can they flip the switch? Can, Can you take a team that has been on cruise control for four weeks? And I know Dave would hate for me to say that, Dave Dickinson, because... He he won. He's been fighting to get those guys to play as hard, hard as they can. I get that, but it just it's human nature. You just it's just not going to be quite there like it will in a playoff game. And we'll see if they can flip the switch. But I wouldn't put too much into that that loss against Edmonton late in the year. Glenn, we're going to do it again on Thursday night. So much more to talk about. I know you're going to be here in Calgary this weekend. So enjoy the week and enjoy the prep as you get ready for the Western Final. Thanks, Jacques. Can't wait. You betcha. Glenn Suter, our CFL insider for our good friends at Japanese Village. Speaking of that Western Final, I have a pair of tickets to see the Stampeders take on the Eskimos on Sunday. It is playoff football time at McMahon Stadium. Pack our house. Red and white cheer on the Calgary Stampeders to the 105th Grey Cup Championship. Get your tickets today. If you don't win, you can go to stampeders.com. They would love to get over 30000 just like they did last year. Again, it's a 2.30 kickoff. Here's the deal. First correct caller to tell me who won the president's ring for the Calgary Stampeders last year. Not this year. You know that Josh Bell won it this year. Who won it last year? Hey, if you're a Stampeder fan, you know the answer. 403-974-8255.